In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The basis for our thoughts this morning are taken from 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Valentine's Day is just over two weeks away. On that day, our thoughts often turn to matters related to romantic love. But as we all know, romantic love is notoriously fickle. It can be burning hot one moment, stone cold the next. And I think most people recognize that romantic love is not necessarily a firm basis for a long-term relationship, much less a marriage, at least not in and by itself. And as a result, today we find internet dating and matchmaking companies providing what you might call compatibility tests. Why? Because we want to predict the success of any impending relationship that we're considering. We want to predict whether the success rate looks high before we enter into a particular relationship. How different is that, however, from the love that God showed us? Surely, in his omniscience, he could have known how his creation was going to turn out. And nevertheless, in his love, he took the initiative to create Adam and Eve without any marital worthiness in him or in his children, you and me. Adam was not given a probationary period to prove himself worthy of God's love. Instead, God formed him from the dirt, breathed into him the breath of life, imprinted his image on him, and addressed him as a conversational partner. And in speaking, bestowed worth and dignity upon Adam and Eve and their descendants. When we think about it, to be given the silent treatment is to be unacknowledged, almost to be treated as if we don't exist. And yet God speaks and speaks and speaks. Promises of love, promises of his faithfulness, and we know the entire history of Israel, that God entered into a covenant of faithfulness without any guaranteed of a successful, appropriate response on the part of the people to whom he committed himself. And so much was that also the case with Jesus. As he entered down at the depths of our brokenness and committed himself to us in love, in spite of the fact, as we have seen in our gospel readings the last couple weeks, of consternation, rejection, and as we'll see in a few more weeks, crucifixion. And God still speaks to us. Speaks to us forgiveness, speaks to us absolution, speaks to us in a way that we are accepted, justified, and given the righteousness of Christ. This exocentric love of God for us, whereby Christ took a bride to himself, hardly pure, hardly sinless, binds us together with one another. We are bound together in Christ, gathered into his body. We did not choose each other any more than we chose 
our genetic makeup, or our physical characteristics. I may not like my short thumbs. I may not like my nose. I may not like my facial features. But they're part of me. And somehow all the parts work together. And we have to care for the whole body. And so Paul speaks of a love here where we are bound to one another to care for one another. To care for each other's burdens. He gives a whole list of characteristics of that love. One of which is, let me not be resentful. He recognizes love as a bond of unity so that, for example, we cannot continually recall the wrongs of each other. In our day and age, we talk about burying the hatchet. More often than not, we bury the hatchet so as to leave about that much of the handle above the ground, just in case we need to reach for it again and say, remember when you, I remember when you, Paul speaks of a love whereby we both moderate our freedom and preserve the bond of peace within the church. We often think of Lutheranism in connection with justification by faith, and rightly so. I am often struck by some of the greatest passages Melanchthon wrote in the Apology to the Augsburg Confession that are dealing with passages his opponents cited regarding love, and where they particularly insisted in a passage like this, aha, love is greater than faith, therefore love justifies. And Melanchthon goes on to say, no, Paul isn't talking about our relationship with God, he's talking about our relationship with one another. And in these passages, he goes on to expound what I think are some great examples of pastoral theology and pastoral advice for pastors and people. In particular, he notes that love is needed above all else within the church for the sake of the tranquility and well-being of the church. For example, in all families and communities, harmony needs to be nurtured by mutual responsibilities. It is not possible to preserve tranquility unless people overlook and forgive certain mistakes among themselves. In the same way, Paul urges that there be love in the church to preserve harmony, to bear with, if need be, the crude behavior of the brothers and sisters, and to overlook the certain minor offenses, lest the church disintegrate into various schisms, and lest enmities, factions, and heresies arise from such schisms. He goes on. Harmony dissolves when bishops impose excessive burdens upon the people and have no regard for their weaknesses. Dissensions arise when the people judge the conduct of their teachers too severely or scorn them on account of some lesser faults, going on to seek other kinds of doctrine and other teachers. Or this. It is not without reason the apostle speaks so often about the responsibility of love. For this virtue is necessary for preserving public harmony, which cannot last long unless pastors and churches overlook and pardon many things among themselves. The love that God has shown us in Christ and continues to speak to us within the gospel has bound us to him. The love that we show for one another continues to bind you and me to each other with a bond that we did not create, but a bond that the waters of baptism have created for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.